Happy Monday, everybody. At least where it is. It is where I am. It is when I am. I am coming to you live from Monday. <laughs> this is the After Later Podcast. I am your host, John Wessling. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Another week begins, right? Life's still crazy at the Wessling house. I'm sitting in the uh, the, the proper After Later studios, also known as the Fortnite room. Uh, so you might hear a little bit of the background music of, of the Fortnite playing over there. But uh Wow. Uh, let me catch everybody up to speed. Uh, uh, we had our first two nights of the Coast to Coast Roast. Uh, I'm representing Team Houston on uh, the Coast to Coast Roast, sponsored by the Helium Comedy Clubs. You can go to heliumpresents.com uh, to read more about it and to buy tickets. It's a big Zoom meeting show, uh, 48 comics, 24 cities, all battling. We're in the group round right now, which is essentially everyone gets four matches. Um, uh, we had our first two this weekend. We got our next two. Hopefully not our last two this weekend. And as it currently stands, let me give you a a bit of an an update. Team Wrestling is one and one. And uh, we're lucky to be one and one. Uh, uh, Oh, man, it breaks my heart to have to tell you this. uh, But, you know, former guest on the podcast, Houston Comic, my teammate, uh, Keisha Hunt, uh, ran into a horrible stretch of bad luck. And uh, when we had our first match against St. Louis, uh, I don't know how else to say it, but she she did she wasn't as prepared as she was hoping to be, and um, and it showed. And we took an ass whipping. We took an absolute beating, and uh, we were the laughing stock of the whole contest. Like we were, the, they were cracking wise on us, talking about Keisha being in her car. She was in her car on her phone, and uh, as she said the word pass when it was her turn. She said pass. And uh, my heart just broke. My heart broke because I, I know how talented and how completely funny uh, Keisha is. And but it just kind of went sideways. And these things happen. It's an unusual format. And uh, you know, real life is hitting all of us at different speeds and uh, with different strengths. Um, so Keisha, uh, to her credit, was like, I, I, I thought I could do it, but I got to focus on real life for a while. So she stepped back. Luckily, the city of Houston has a robust comedy scene with some very, very talented comics who were able to step in her place. So my new teammate is Mr. Trey Tutson. And uh, he showed up the next uh, the next night when we went up against Austin. And with about 18 hours notice, he uh, had four or five really good jokes lined up. And uh, I had the stuff I had prepared. And uh, we gave Austin a, a, a thorough ass whipping. I believe we lost the first night to St. Louis 85 to 15%. And uh, we beat Austin at full strength. And they were funny too. Uh, 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 Pat Dean and Avery Moore, very, very funny. They had good stuff. But we won that matchup uh, 77 to 23. So, strong comeback by Team Houston to stay in the game, to stay relevant, to kind of uh, reverse the polarity on that. Because the first night, the whole story was about how bad we did. And, um, and it was an embarrassing moment. But you know what? Like this is Houston. Houston, Houston's not a undefeated run the table team. You know, we got to take a, we got to have a setback early and then become the underdog and fight our way up. And that's kind of where we're sitting now. Um, uh, loving the way we're sitting. We're basically uh, tied for third with everyone else who's one and one in our bracket uh, or second, technically, I guess. Uh, Dallas is two and zero, oh, and Austin is zero uh, and two. Thanks, that's a little bit there. Uh, we're one and one. Nashville, St. Louis, and Indianapolis. Everyone's one and one. Now, 
on Thursday night on the late show on the Coast to Coast Roast, we take on uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Dallas just beat them in the match after ours uh, on Saturday night. Got to watch those guys. Very funny. Stiff competition. Not a slouch in the bunch. Uh, we were the slouch, and we got that taken care of. <laughs> but uh, uh, So, yeah, Indianapolis on Thursday, and then our final match of the group round is against Dallas on Sunday. And uh, here's hoping that first place is on the line whenever we're up against uh, Dallas and we have a chance to actually uh, uh, make a run, get into the tournament, and try to win this damn thing. I like our chances, but, boy, I tell you what, it's going to take a lot of bullets. <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> because there are a lot of talented comics uh, in this contest. Uh, go to heliumpresents.com. It's a very, very funny show. Uh, you can buy season passes for the whole thing. It's like three weeks, three and a half weeks long of, uh, of roast battles. They're great shows. Uh, very funny. Uh, the hosts are Mark Norman, uh, Joe List. Uh, they're top-notch acts. It's a great thing. $8 for a nightly pass. I think it's $30 for the entire VIP package where you get to watch every show. Absolutely worth it. Uh, it's a good place to uh, put your entertainment dollar in these crazy times. Now, we'll talk more about that as it goes. I'm going to have uh, uh, some of my friends that are representing other cities on uh, uh, at the end of this week, a little bit of next week as well. It's going to be cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a, a good diversion. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's creatively uh, stimulating. And uh, it's a good diversion for, for me and uh, for everybody else. Now, uh, I told you about last week, uh, we're, we're, for now, if you want to be a sponsor, you want to uh, throw a little bit of money in the kitty here for the After Later podcast, you go to anchor.fm slash after later. Your contributions, your support, keep morale going, keep us uh, keep us moving. You know what I mean? Keeps the, uh, the Xbox playing behind me, which keeps the kids happy. And that means everything. Uh, but I said, if you want to become a sponsor or a patron of the show, I will gladly do liners, do reads, do commercials and stuff for you. So I had to call the guy who was my very first ever sponsor, Scott Henry. Very, very funny uh, comic, Scott Henry. Uh, and I asked, I told him, I was like, hey man, I've been giving you thanks, but if you want me to read a liner or promote something, let me know. And to my surprise, immediately he wrote back, you need to tell your listeners to watch the documentary Unacknowledged. It's <clears throat> a detailed, uh, uh, serious, measured with evidence all about UFOs and uh, and the government keeping the secrets from us. I'm like, well, shit, you had me at UFOs, bro. So I watched it over the weekend, as, uh, as was instructed. And he's my guest today. And uh, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to be honest with you. This, this, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be like watching Tiger King. It's going to be something silly. Or at least, if not silly, at least it won't be so heavy. Woo, this thing blew my goddamn mind. Um, it, it, well done documentary. Uh, I, I, I'm appropriately skeptical of what I should be. Uh, but I like to, you know, when I watch something like this, I get into the world. I really enjoy it. I get immersive in it. Uh, so I got a lot to talk about with Scott. He's my guest today. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Scott. Very, very funny comic. This guy lived in L.A. and was very successful for quite a long time. He's originally uh, from Wisconsin. And uh, just recently left L.A. to move to uh, Lexington, Kentucky with his wife and his old two-year-old. And uh, um, I worked with him recently on a cruise ship. Uh, we got the same agent now, thanks to him. Uh, he's a really, really good guy. And um, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's move on right now. And let's start talking to Scott Henry. Good morning, Scott Henry. Good morning, John. How are you, buddy? I know it's Monday morning, but does it feel like a Monday morning to you? You know, I, I don't I don't know anymore. I really don't. And I know that's a little cliche right now to say, what what day is it? I have no idea what day it is. But I, I the only day I really have down 
is like Monday evening because I see the garbage cans out on the street from, yeah. from my neighbors. So then I'm like, oh, it's Monday. It's Monday. And then, you know, <laughs> so, so that's how I know that because tomorrow's trash day. And then, you know, uh, then I then I know what day it is. And usually on a Saturday, I can I can, uh, you know, or if it's a golf day, then I then I know exactly what day it is because I've been planning it. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I've had the uh, uh, funny you mentioned about the trash because I've had that sneak up on me a couple times and all this where I'm like, holy shit, it's trash again. Mm hmm. But didn't we didn't we just do trash? I guess I guess it's Monday night then. All right, let's go. Do you feel like it's more? You've had more trash now or less trash now? Um, that's a great question because I thought about that. Uh, I think when it first started, we had a lot more trash because we were just all at home and it was all groceries and you know what I mean, kind of that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So it's like, and uh, but then it kind of I would say like a week or so ago, I real I was taking out the trash. And I realized that it was like like a third of what it normally is. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't that doesn't add up because I think we we kind of already did a whole lot of cleaning up around the house and a lot of like getting rid of some clutter stuff. Right. So it's like we, we've we've kind of thrown away the easy trash and we're buying a lot more. Like when we go grocery shopping, it's more like staple stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, hell, I'm not we're not buying a lot of cheap consumable shit as much as we used to before. Yeah. And are well, you there guys... you go. There's a net positive. There's a net positive for the for the world, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 been a few uh, positives about this whole thing. I, I one thing though, I got to tell you, and you know, you and I've kind of talked about this. I I'm a person who needs a little time by myself. All right, it's yeah. no secret. I have bipolar, and which is manageable through medication, and it's manageable through. Just, you know, I know when you say bipolar, people freak out like anytime in a movie or or in a show or something like that, when they're trying to describe somebody is absolutely nuts because there there's this show Outer Banks. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you heard of that show Outer Banks? I've heard of it. I haven't got to see it yet. All right. Well, what happens is, you know, that the girl does something. She's telling the truth. It's basically like the Trump administration, uh, <laughs> where, <laughs> where if somebody's telling the truth, they usually call them bipolar or something. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's sort of strange, but it's it's been difficult for me to not have time by myself, you know. And uh, that's one thing that I've I've that's been a difficult part. Of, but the other thing is is being okay to just be okay. You know what I mean? To just be just chilling. And I think it's really nice. I, I see. I think the a side effect to all this coming out is that people are going to uh, have a lot more time or a lot more understanding and a lot more like want to be together as a family for dinner and for lunch and for breakfast, you know, because I have some friends that were like, before this happened, these kids were busy. We never got to eat together or anything like that. And now it, they're like, oh, now the kids are like, what time are we eating? Are we going to have lunch or, you know, what's for breakfast? You know, where before they would grab something and just fly out the door, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of have waves of anxiety where I feel like I should be busier. I should be doing stuff. I could like, I feel like I, whenever I, I feel like the, all of this is out of my control that I can feel like I just want to, I was raised, I just want to work my way through it. Right. If I just keep working my ass off or just doing something I'll, that it'll, right. it'll improve, but there's nothing you can do. Right. So uh, I, I, I've gradually gotten better at kind of, being okay with there's nothing I can do today 
Yeah. So just chill the fuck out, man, and and yeah. and, and and be a dad today. Today is my my day just to I've got nothing else to do but to do art projects with the kids, you know, watch some stuff with them, just play with them in the yard. I mean, and then but not thinking that I'm doing that instead of something I should be doing. That is the thing I should be doing now. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that that is a that's a really good point because that is the important thing. Yeah. That is the important thing because you know kids kids that are going I'm glad my daughter's two right now. But kids right now are seeing things they shouldn't see from people that, you know, are supposed to be running things. You know what I mean? And and yeah. so it's going to be good for them to spend more time with their families because, you know, lying, cheating, bullying, all these kinds of things, the, the crazy fighting, all this kind of stuff is not good for kids to see. So it's good, you know, so they're spending time with family. So, yeah, they, that, I mean, you know. You know that sound, that always sounds good in the little house of the prairie sort of um, you know uh, imaginary world we like to think, but sometimes all that family time will drive you fucking crazy too. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you know it's it's fun, but it's like uh, it's like heroin. It's it feels good, but in moderation. Otherwise, yeah. it'll kill you. <laughs> I feel bad for you know uh, a lot of these suburb uh, families that kind of live around us. And, and stuff that have like uh, all the teenagers in the house and yeah. and especially the the sort of modern thing of just keep your kids in so many extracurricular activities that you're you're taking them to this class you're taking them to that you know what i mean that yeah. all of all of that is shut down and they're 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 kind of forced to have those that family moment stuff that you're talking about and i don't think they're ready for it or i, I wonder yeah. how much of the keeping everyone so busy is is avoiding the time of sitting around and having to do it yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, you know, I, I think this will, you know, it is, well, it'll be fun to see what, you know, what comes of this over the next few years, just to see the repercussions. My buddy, uh, Tommy, the, ha- I was saying my buddy, Tommy, has a, this will kind of evolve into a, uh, uh, we'll have a, a holiday, sort of a remembrance holiday of like a, a week or two where we just sort of do this anyway. You know, That'd even when cool. things get better, we just sort of have a, a national Sabbath where we're like, all right, you know, spring instead of spring break being a let's all go to the beach and party our ass off, it'll just be spring break is a week of staying home and being with your family and, and you know, not driving to work. Everybody works from home for, the let's just say, the month of March in the future, that kind of shit. Yeah. That'd be great for our uh, environment. That's for yeah, sure. dude. I mean, you're 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 in Kentucky, right? Kentucky is already a naturally beautiful place. Yes. Now you're in Kentucky. You're not of Kentucky. Let me just clear that up for the listener. But yeah, so it was already a naturally beautiful, good weather kind of you know good environment place. But have you noticed like the air being cleaner, the weather being a little bit different? Um, I haven't noticed the air being cleaner because we have super clean air here. Yeah, I mean, you already it, had it. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it it rains enough. And there is so much greenery around us uh, that, you know, John, I, I'm hoping you come here. If, you, if, if there's listeners, you've never been to Lexington, Kentucky, you need to come. It's the, to go to the horse farms, to go to the, uh, you know, bourbon uh, factories <laughs> and, and uh, just drive around this place. They take being beautiful very personal here. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, 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 medians in the in the roads have flowers and things planted there the grass is just beautiful everything's mowed it's 
it's it's a phenomenal beautiful place i i do often just put the top down in the car and i just drive around for a couple of hours and go out and you know look at horses out in the fields and and uh, livestock and it's just beautiful it's a beautiful place to drive so um i would be curious to go to california and see mm-hmm. the mountains because i remember when i moved to la the first time or the only time i moved there but when i first moved there i was there for about two months and then one day I get up early and I hop I hop on my motorcycle and I'm it had rained for like three days straight, which it never did there. Never know? does. Yeah. You know? And so I get up and I, I get on my motorcycle and I'm riding and I look and I see all the mountains in the mountains like Mount Baldy and stuff like this. And they all they all have snow on the top of them. I'm like, where the hell am I? I've, ne- <laughs> I've never honest to God. I never saw the mountains. The mountains were not there. As far as my mind knew for the six months that I'd lived there previous, I had never seen mountains there ever, ever. Yeah. But it washed all the smog out of the air. And I was like, I really was like, what the hell's going on? I felt like I woke up in a, you know, after a, a, a like in a dream. It was weird. It was weird. Like, like a, like a weird sci-fi thing happened to you. Like, mm-hmm. like they all of a sudden mount, they just pushed up mountains overnight. Well, I've seen the pictures of, of LA. Like LA is so clean right now. Like they've, it's, yeah. it's the most beautiful it's ever been. The 405 is, is drivable. Never mind yeah. that it's not completely, you know, empty. It's the fact that it's, basically drivable like people are getting around la and in 20 30 minutes when it used to be three hours i mean it's yeah. it's completely changed life out there and boy i mean you know i get it that we you know people want to get back to normal as fast as possible but holy shit dude it's, well, it's going to be hard to if, if getting back to that's normal maybe that wasn't right in the first place no it wasn't right in the first place but we you know the the how about india did you see the mountains in India? Yeah. They were ridiculous, oh my, isn't it? They were like, couldn't see them, didn't, probably didn't even know they were there. Uh, the only, unless you looked at, like, one of those globes that had all the topography <laughs> that was, you know, like, the mountains, yeah. you know, where it's all yeah, bumpy, yeah, right. and, bumpy and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know where, what what things are called, John. I just go bumpy and shit, and then I expect you to be able to figure that out. But I did. I totally did. I. I know. I. I could actually. Whenever you were talking about it, I had a clear sense memory of like running my finger across the globe where it had the bumps on. It. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, those mountains are huge there. <laughs> how do they? Yeah. How do they live in this area? Like, oh, I don't think those are to scale, dude. Okay, whatever. I mean, I guess it's just let the yeah. Our area is brown and bumpy. <laughs> Yeah, we had, we, had, we had a kid in our school that was, his eyes were really bad. And so he was starting to learn Braille and do things like that. And because it was inevitable that, that he was going to go blind. And I remember having one of those, we had one of those globes in there. And I was like, Tommy, run your hand down here and tell me what it says. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it was like back when you could be insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, you know, you want me to. If we want this kid to be my friend, I have to bust his balls a little bit. We can't just yeah. treat him like a Make-A-Wish yeah. kid the entire time. Not, no. That's not going to make him feel loved <laughs> and part of the team. <laughs> not at all. Be an outcast. It's like, I think we might have even talked about this doing stand-up out on the cruise ships. If I see somebody in a wheelchair in the front row or somebody with a cane or a walker or something like that, I immediately go after him. Not like in a bad way. You know, I'll just... Because I, you know, I'll, I'll say to him, I say, oh, are you, are you really, you got issues or are you just, you got the ultimate drink package you want to make sure you get back? <laughs> and the reason I do that, it, the reason I do that is because one night I was on stage and, and some guy, you know, it just happened that there was a handicapped guy in the front row 
And because the, the, you know how sometimes a circumstance will present itself to where it's okay to go there. Of course. And, and I went there and I was just shredding this guy that was a paraplegic and, um, and we were having a great time. And afterwards him and his wife came up to me and they said, thank you so much. That was so fun to be included. And I was like, Oh wow. And then (laughs) ended up having a nice long conversation with him. So I'm like, whenever I, Get somebody with a handicap now. I'm just like, all right, you're fair game too. Let's go. Let's have some fun, dude. That's what that, that could have gone either way, right? That could have go. That could always yeah. go either way. I I had funny, just complete um, non sequitur, but <laughs> I had the same kind of thing where I was on stage and uh, you know, if you're at a any other place when they have the special handicap seating, I don't even know if I said if that's the right word anymore. But the this ain't whatever. Oh God, I'm, I'm I just canceled myself. Am I allowed to say handicapped? Whatever it is, when they have this special area for them, it's usually like in the back out of the way. But it seems like for comedy, the only place they can put them is right up front. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> it's like, oh, good, thank you very much. So they have a special section for people with fucked up heads and missing eyes too. Let's put them right up front. Yeah, can't hide them in the back yeah. so I can ignore it. But no, put it right up fucking front. Anyway, it was well, this guy who was was in a wheelchair, and it wasn't like the 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 cheapo wheelchair it was like a real nice i don't know if you know if it was motorized but it was you know it was clearly a top of the line it was it was like the the, the new model porsche it was a it was a hot looking looking uh, right. wheelchair and i'm just ignoring it i'm you know i'm looking at the guy i'm smiling doing my act everything's fine and um he just sort of very casually just like any other person who was sitting in a chair just crossed his legs right mm-hmm. and it like it, it just alarmed me. I'm like, I thought you were fucking paralyzed. And all of a sudden you're just yeah. crossing your legs. Like <laughs> you're having a fucking interview with Matt Lauer here. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would definitely cross your legs. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like it. I like it. It just, Whoa. It was like, was like, sir, um, can you fucking walk? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you just experienced a miracle here. Did you, is that the first time you've moved your legs in a while? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but your legs just moved. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just it just jumped out of me. And then, like, I can see people around him, I guess, that weren't with his party or didn't know him. They did the whole, oh, my God, I can't believe he's sick. You know, yeah. you ever had people do that? Like, yeah. they get yeah. they get over yeah. the top, like, oh, man, is this? And then he he was laughing. He's like, no, no, they're they're fine, they're fine. I just, you know, he was saying he just had a different kind of problem. He wasn't like, you know, he wasn't a quad or nothing. He was just, you know, he was still fucked but, up, but he wasn't like, you know. What, but you see how people, if if that person's not offended, these other people want to make sure that he knows he should be offended. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Or if he wants like to be like, offended, oh, oh, oh. yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I love is the people. Weren't we working together when I did the joke about the, wow, that guy's a moron? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah where that, uh, that lady came in the back. Yeah, dude, that was nuts, yeah, and man. She goes, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, listen, I'm talking about me. She goes, well, it's not just about you. I'm like, yeah, it is about me. It's what was going on in my head. You know what I mean? And for her to come up and try and 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 uh, and tell me that I shouldn't do a bit in my act because I'm referring to myself as a moron and somebody else might think that they're a moron. It was like, she didn't even know the guy either come to find out. Right. Oh yeah. It was so crazy. So crazy. That is a weird thing where, and I know we're kind of off on a tangent, but it's like, you can't, I don't like the idea of being offended for someone else. 
in in, no. a, in a comedy setting in real life like you know if you if you witness racial injustice yeah i think yes. it's right for you to stand up and say some shit but if yeah. you just sort of take it on yourself to to make a big deal and a fuss over over I mean, you were basically remind me if i'm wrong but the idea is the bit was about you having learning disabilities right yes so you're telling a a a, a autobiographical story about suffering yes. and growing up with with uh learning disabilities which is your story mm-hmm. you you have every right and perspective to, to tell it and to share it she happens to be sitting next to someone who was i don't know was in their group or wasn't exactly a family member or something like that but the fact that you called yourself a moron because you had learning disabilities she had yeah. to jump up and come backstage like she walked on the stage and into the dressing room right as soon as the show was over to confront you about it which, if you think about it, means that she is also calling that kid a moron. <laughs> she's like, yeah, because she couldn't exactly, do it. Yeah, yeah. She's like saying, hey, I just want you to know that I felt uncomfortable sitting next to this moron when you called yourself yeah. a moron. <laughs> yeah. This, listen, this moron over here seems like a nice guy. He's like, I mean, as far as moron goes, he's a very nice moron. You're kind of an asshole moron. <laughs> yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Because you're, you know, it's. It was just crazy to me because all it was was saying that when I took the test, when I went to take these tests and the doctors are like, you have a severe learning disability. I was like, why? I mean, it scared me because I feel normal, but I don't know. (laughs) Maybe every time I leave a room, everybody in, it's like, wow, that guy's a moron. (laughs) It's a great joke. It's a great joke and it hits hard and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that anyone could take offense to, but it'd be almost like, let's say you had a joke where you, you were, you're calling yourself an ugly bitch, right? Yeah. And then someone came up after and says, hey, man, I just want you to know I was very offended because of the, I was sitting next to some ugly bitches, and I can tell that it hurt them. And yeah. you should think about who you're calling an ugly bitch, because not me, but these girls over here, they were really, really pissed off about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Dude, I, you know, here's, you want to talk about learning disability. Here's, well, either that or yeah, this sure. is worst habit. I, I, I got in my car because I have a child and a wife and they're in the house and I want to have this call. So I said, I'm just going to get in the car and sit in the car. Mm-hmm. I got in the car. I never turned it on. We've been talking. I've had my seatbelt on the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Honestly, God, I, I just realized I had my seatbelt on the entire time. Oh, you got in and put the seatbelt on. That's great. Oh, man. That's funny. Well, you're safe, dude. Safety first. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, if uh, you are a moron and you're worried about you know, the high chance of accidental death due to moron due, due, due to being a moron, you have to kind of uh-huh. condition yourself to take safety precautions almost uh, <laughs> autonomously. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I was going to hurt myself in this situation, but <laughs> but apparently my brain was like, "Just put it on." Yeah. Just put it on. I I don't know what the hell you're going to do. It's it's funny I was talking with Cat the other night. You know, I I you know, I'm kind of, you know, there's, you pegged it great and Catherine loved it where you said there's daytime Scott and nighttime Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's two me's and, and nighttime Scott can get a little loose. Right. And so uh, it's funny because, you know, I, I read this thing. They're like, if you had to ex- explain yourself, like, how would you do it? Let's just say like, if, if you had to, they were go, tell me about Scott Henry. Explain to me, like, you know, how like when you're getting ready to meet, introduce somebody new to your like group of friends yeah you're like well what's he like you know i and i said well if i had to do that i would i would say well you're gonna meet my friend scott 
And Scott, he's a little crazy. Like, he's a little crazy pants. But he's super loyal. He's a good guy. He'll have your, he'll have your back in a fight. And, uh, and Catherine goes, yeah, that's perfect. And I'm like, a little crazy, right? Is that, she's like, yeah, you're a little crazy. And I go, so, like, I feel weird because I have an asterisk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Got, there's, a, there's an asterisk on the front, but there's an exclamation on the back, like, good guy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, right. so I, I come in with two different, you know, I don't even know what you call those, but it's like, I, I find that interesting to have to explain your, you know, explain who do you think people see you for, you know? Hey, that's always and, good. Uh, that's a good to run. A, it's like a self-diagnostic. Yeah. It's like, okay, who and, am and, I to know? Who am I to other yeah, people and, know? And Catherine, the other night, you know, since, and you and I talked a little bit about this, about that documentary, not to lead us in there, but I had mentioned this to a couple of people since we, since, you know, I had brought this up and it's, Catherine goes, you know, when you when you tell somebody about a documentary about a UFO that you saw, people think you're a little crazy. And I go, well, they already think that. So, yeah, you know what I mean? May as well but write it. I, yeah, yeah I, I think I don't know. I just I believe this stuff's real and I believe there's, you know, suppression. I believe, you know, well, let's talk about that, uh, Scott. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the listeners here, uh, as you may know, if you've listened to any of the episodes, uh, Scott Henry is the uh, our first ever. Uh, patron of the arts here for the After Later podcast. He was the first person to throw some money in the kitty, uh, helped us uh, cover some expenses, as they like to say, but really just uh, helped me pay for the Xbox Game Pass for the uh, for me and the kids for a month, which uh, it goes a, oh. that goes a long way. I mean, you think about how important that is. But uh, if I would have known that was what it's for, I'd have given you more money. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Uh, so I, I made the offer to uh, the other listeners um, if they wanted to become a sponsor, if they wanted to throw some money in the kitty, which you can do at anchor.fm slash after later, that I'd offer like ad space. I'll, I'll, I'll read a liner for you. I'll mention whatever you want. I mentioned you know, I'm just about every episode. I'm like, thanks to Scott Henry throwing the money in. Right. Oh, and then you great. said, is it, I said, you want me to read a liner or was there anything you want me to say? You said, uh, tell the, the listeners to watch the documentary unacknowledged on yes. uh on netflix and it's all about ufos right so i'm like okay yeah and then i'm like well i'll watch it and then we'll talk about it so i watched it yesterday right. and my 10 year old uh, uh carlin she's about to turn 10 this week so i'm gonna go ahead and round up she's 10 uh, we watch like ancient aliens all the time Mm-hmm. right it's fun for us it's our goofy thing we watch ancient aliens and, and she has like the she's she has the writer's mind of all my kids right so she gets it and she has fun with it and we'll sit there and go "Ooh, what if that was aliens and oh they came and they, they created pizza for us and you know she's right. got a, <laughs> you know what i mean she's like she got a great um uh sense or sense of imagination so i'm like hey do you want to watch this alien thing with me it's going to be great it's just like ancient aliens oh okay cool <laughs> There was no warning. There was no like rated R. Look out for you know, uh, you know, shocking images may not be good for children. Right. <laughs> Dude, the first oh, fucking oh jeez, the fucking in the credits in the opening credits, <laughs> it's like the fucking faces of death. Yeah, they're showing how horrible yeah. life on Earth is. There's the fucking like, they show Kennedy's head explode at least five yeah. fucking times. They're showing a yeah. guy getting. I'm like, whoa! And she's I can I can see it. I see her eyes go full saucer and i was like oh honey, so to speak yeah and i was just like honey those are that's just 
you know, weird stuff from movies. Meanwhile, I know it's fucking actual footage. Right? right. But I could tell she was kind of cracked a little bit. And I was like, oh, they're going to get to talk about aliens in just a second. And, but Oh, my God. And so she was kind of, she tapped out early. She tapped out after about 15 minutes into it. I could tell she had to just sort of go get some fresh air. And I was I was waiting all night for the, for the fucking nightmares to come in. You know? Uh, but let's talk about, let's talk about uh, this documentary I thought was really, really good. Really, really comprehensive. Laid out all the proof that they have about aliens visiting earth and this doctor dr stephen greer i believe is his name right well dr stephen greer this i love when people take on things like this and and i had a friend the other night when i was talking about this documentary who was saying he goes well how come it's always the goofy people that that see these ufos and this and that and i'm like it's not the goofy people and even People who have unbelievable, I mean, this guy was in, he was in top secret, uh, uh, you know, clearance. He had all of, uh, you know, all of the, you know, these documents that he was able to attain, all this sort of stuff that, you know, this is, this is somebody we should just listen to and go, okay, I got it. And then we have generals and we have, uh, you know, ex-presidents saying things. And, and it's amazing to me that, they have been able to suppress this stuff. I believe 100%. I've talked to military pilots, um, you know, that have, have seen, they're like, there's no other explanation. I'm seeing things. I'm in the, if you want to, if you want to find something that's really interesting, go look at the SR-71 Blackbird. Okay. That is a plane that was in, 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 in you know, in use for 35 years for the military. Mm-hmm. All right. It could fly from New York to L.A. in 59 minutes. It could fly at 85,000 feet. Now, go look at an image of the best fighter jet that we had in 1963 and then click on another page (laughs) to the SR-71. Okay, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Somehow or another, we got this technology that and there was part of that SR-71 that was radar absorbing. So that came from somewhere and there wasn't another plane after it until the B1. Right. You know what I mean? And that flight, no, no plane is in flight for 35 years. And yet, you know I mean? It was a spy plane. And so we got that technology from somewhere. Totally. And you know, these, these crashes, I think Roswell, you know, happened in like 51 and things like this. And so 47 with Roswell. was it 47? No. All I know is I can't wait to open my strip bar in Roswell. You know what it's, it's going to be my favorite gentleman's club. It's going to be called Areola 51. All right, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to have, we're going to have buttery nipple shots. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Everything. It's just going to be wonderful. Bring your helmet. I you like know what it'll be. Yeah. But, um, but it's great because, you know, you, you look at these things and, and it's, I think it's a matter of a lot of people not wanting to believe it. And because what would happen to religion? Oh, it'd fuck them up. Yeah. I mean, if it, if they were like, yeah, we've had over, you know, 2,500 sightings, we've had, you know, about 700 crashes. We've, you know, we have, you know, kept aliens that were alive. Mm-hmm. We have communicated with them. We have, how does that affect the Bible? All of it. Well, yeah, I mean, well, hold on. Let's, we took some big bites there. Um, yes. All right. First off, you said 
uh, and I, you get the same impression, and is that, oh, anyone who believes in it or sees it or makes a deal out of it, uh, it must be a kook or a crazy person. Well, they covered that in the documentary about how that's that's their that's their PR move to discredit people is they just make them seem like they're fucking nuts. So yeah. they 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 once you have seen something like that and you're not just going to go away, they make you look like you're a fucking tinfoil hat nut person, right? And and then and then you only have to do that to a handful before other people know that that's what's at stake. Like how many times yeah. in that in that documentary did you see like a pilot or or a scientist or anyone who sort of stumbled across something like that and they instantly were like, uh-uh, fuck this. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm, I, they, yeah. they were like recoiling it. I didn't even want to see this because that's going to be nothing but trouble for me. Right. Yeah. Cause they, yeah. they know that that's what, that's what happens. You know what I mean? You go from being a highly respected person in your field. to all of a sudden you're like, Oh, little green man. Oh, he's gone crazy. Woo. Cause that's, yeah. that's the, that's the angle that they take to ruin you. And that's highly effective, highly, highly effective. Right. Um, but, uh, looking at how, what was I going to say? The um, like you're talking about the, the you know, how it would completely mess up religion. You know, I was surprised to see because I hadn't heard that the part about the Vatican was even like, no, let's all get together and talk about this and look at all yeah. the evidence and kind of prepare for the eventuality of them showing up. It's like I yeah. was surprised to see that that would be the situation because you'd almost think that just to defend their own position that they would be a part of the of the cover up, right? So yeah, I was, yeah, I was, was a little surprised by that. Like, like, like maybe, maybe that's part of the faith is that when they do show up, they, maybe they're thinking that the aliens are going to be like, they are the angels. Like they're not just going to come up. They're not going to show up and, and disprove everything, but they can show up and explain it like, Oh, okay. We get it now. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He was one of ours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And when we said he's exactly. coming, when we said he's coming back, we're not fucking around. He's right here. He's with us in yeah. this plane. You know, we picked him up about two, 2000 years ago. And you know, this is, this is him. We call him Steve. He's been working with us for a while, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was really good as Jesus. And you know what? I mean, what if that's the deal, right? Then that would just, whew. I mean, that's what, I mean, yeah. honestly, if you want to, to help the world's religions, is if they show up and it's a sort of a unifying ex- explanation of everything where they're like, Oh yeah. All yeah, we've been coming here for ten thousand years, and we sort of pr- planned and programmed you this stuff, and we built this. And I mean, it's gonna, but that would fuck up all society, dude. It would do everything. It would, it would take years for us to fucking for the the panic, the riots, the just the life to kind of settle back into a norm normal thing. It'd be it'd be insane, but uh, at some point it's gonna happen, right? If, yeah, yeah. It's it. See, the thing is, is it's so hard. For people to all want to live in peace. And um, this would take one of the main arguments out of our entire world society is religion. If there could be some peace to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, think about an argument that we consistently have. Absolutely. But it would change the way people have to look at things because if you are. Let's say you are a, a, a religious slash spiritual person, right? Yep. It could explain everything and, and prove you right. You could be like, yeah. well, of course there's a higher power that, that's omnipotent and on all seeing. They're telling us that they've been observing us and watching us and affecting ourselves. How is that? If you if you if you take the emotion out of it, if you take the reactionary out of it, 
what would be the difference between a uh, extremely powerful, <laughs> technologically advanced alien and a god to us? Yeah, it'd be the and exact same thing. Yeah, what if they? What if we're the experiment? What if Earth is the experiment? Yeah, totally. So you know, like if we blew up, like on cavemen right now. I mean. You look at my dad's been dead for like 17 years. If you just dropped him on the earth, the where technology is now, it would blow his shit up. <laughs> yeah. Now go back fucking 2000 years. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, if we dropped the knowledge we had now on our cavemen, they'd be like, ah, uh, you know, I mean, it's, Dude, I mean, can, these can you imagine? didn't have a wheel. Yeah, anyway, exactly. They didn't have a uh, they have a fucking wheel, and you're floating in on a, a goddamn spaceship. Of course, they're going, oh, yeah. you know. What yeah. I mean? And and I was also thinking, like, you could just let's say you were a time traveler, right? And you went back to the night, you know, nineteen sixty four, nineteen sixty five, to NASA, where they're all sitting around dreaming about going to the moon. You know, what I mean, they they got a couple of rockets. You know that you know all that shit. If you just time travel and you walked in there with a brand new iPhone <laughs> and just threw that on the fucking counter and says, "Here, this might solve all your problems," yeah, they would think you were some sort of fucking alien for the future, half a god yourself. Yes, you know they what I mean, like that immediately. And that's not that's fifty fucking years of of the same plan of development. So imagine, keep that shit in perspective. It 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 completely fuck you up, right? So. When it was in that part of the the documentary where it was just sort of talking about, you know, the the possibility of of them even being, that was one thing. But there yeah. was one particular line that he said uh, that that stuck to. Oh, well, the, well, the two things actually when they were talking about Roswell because Roswell's pretty stepped on case. Everybody knows a little bit about Roswell, yeah. right? Yeah, but they were talking about the the bodies that they found and 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 the alien and how they kind of more detail about how they had like a real thin layer suit on and how they were driving with sort of you know a finger touch pads kind of thing like oh yeah. wow that's yep. fucking crazy but then they said that and they just sort of threw it away like one was alive and he was about for about nine years or something like that yeah. like they implied that they had one who was alive for quite some time yeah like what the fuck we had a essentially an alien pow yeah for fuck's sake yeah you know i mean like that can't that couldn't have that can't be good for uh them knowing that we did that <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying that that can't that that's got to put them on a little bit of a hostile ground with us but the thing that that, that fucking jumped out at me and just is had my imagination spinning is that they said that Oh, the, the the government believes that there's anywhere between two to six alien civilizations in the Milky Way. Yeah. Like, wait, that's a very specific number. That's not like a pulling something out of your ass. That's not like, uh, you know, there could be hundreds of inhabitable planets. Yeah. No, yeah. it's two to six. That means they at least know two. Yeah. And that there's probably four more. Yeah. What the fuck? That means they, I mean, I just, what that means to me is it just keeps wrapping around my head. Hi, B. I know. You know what I mean? It's, see, this is where it, all right, now, and I've, I've been watching this other one. Uh, it's called Hangar One. I just got on it. After I watched Unacknowledged, I was like kind of searching. There's another, there's another series uh, off of History Channel called Hangar One, and it's called The Mufon Files. 
which is a mutual mm-hmm. UFO uh, like organization where it, and it, it started back in like in the sixties. And then, uh, and then it just became worldwide with UFOs uh, investigations and things. And they were talking about in this, this documentary unacknowledged mentioned about Kennedy and about different presidents that, you know, the people that are in charge of this information are not wanting to give this to the president just because he's the president. They're like, you're a, you're a fucking temporary employee. All right. That blew my mind when they referred to the president as a temporary employee. Yeah. That gave me chill. Yeah. Dude. Right. Cause that's like, and how about when they were talking about the budget, they were like, all right, there's a, there's a $150 billion here that nobody knows where it's going. <laughs> They're like, no, no, there's no record of where this money's going or everything. But this other documentary, uh, this other show was talking about how Clinton, first of all, Jimmy Carter had seen uh, UFOs. All right. Mm-hmm. And so when he became president, he wanted information on it and he got a lot of pushback. Clinton spent eight years trying to get information about UFOs, but they were so afraid that he was going to, you know, spew this knowledge out there that he couldn't get it. This is a president yeah. eight years could not get the information that he wanted. He had somebody he had one person that was like his right hand man working on this for almost the entire time that he was president and they wouldn't give the information up. Isn't that crazy? That's fucking nuts. And, and then if you look at it, uh, like you were talking about the, how they discredit you, how they try to play you off as a kook. Yeah. I mean, isn't that exactly what's happened to Jimmy Carter? Absolutely. And not just about the, but not about the, uh, not about, uh, you know, people are, oh, Jimmy Carter, he's a UFO nut. Yeah. But they have, they ran his reputation into the dirt. It's, it's like only in the last 10, 15 years of Jimmy Carter's life of dedicating to service and Habitat for Humanity and shit like that, that his, his, his public image has gone from from being a fucking joke. I mean, they basically like he pushed too far. They shit all over him, made him look like a buffoon, and and then that led to Reagan, who I'm sure was more than happy to rubber stamp any extra spending that they could call military that they would that you know, so yeah they, they Reagan's their hero because he he knows not to call this number and he knows not to ask about that. Yeah. You know, he's not worried about little green man. He's worried about the red man. Yeah, that's fine. He let him let him go worry about the Cold War. That's perfect. Perfect. That's good. You go do that while we have eight years of unabated um, uh, time to work on this project. Matter of fact, let's make it 12 because uh, uh, Bush senior, who is the CIA chief, is now the vice president. We're going to have him installed after after Reagan. So we get, you know, 12 years of this yeah. shit. And and we know, you know what he I'm already saying? knows everything, so we're not <laughs> we're not worried about him. Yeah, because he was the one that was keeping Carter from finding out. Yeah. So there, you have to just assume logically that Bush Senior knew all about that yeah. stuff. It's right, or at least as much as he was allowed to. Know. Yeah. It's 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 fucked up, dude. It's, it's scary. It's scary to me that that essentially there's a symbiotic sort of uh, separate government. Not even government. Government's not even the right no. word. We're just a official entity based off of us. You know, what I mean, there's like a whole other thing that's completely uncontrolled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like essentially, what they're implying is, and I don't want to call it deep state because I feel yeah, like that's a, a dumbass yeah, term. But it's it, it's like it's almost like Hydra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That there's like a a a 
do we know for sure if it's a hundred percent bad or good? Yep. You know, I mean, it could just as easily, just as logically, be that all that there's a master plan as far as how they're going to integrate alien existence into our modern society. Yep. And that this stage that we're at where it has to be all cloak and dagger and kind of hidden from us is it, it could be important to the, the bigger scheme, yep. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, look. I mean, it could go, it, it could go either way. Like, it could be the, the, the super bad guys like they were talking about. Like, it's the, the, the hyper-fucking-funded militarized complex. Or this is just sort of the actual, oh, fuck, what would you call it? The actual representatives of humanity have come together and said, this is what we have to do because they're going to show up and let's call it 27. Right. And from now till then, we've got a lot of shit we got to do to get to get prepared. Yeah. Well, it's it's and it makes sense. Listen, I'm not. I I understand things. It's like when things jump too quickly, like like they talked about all the patents that people have come mm-hmm. up with that the government has bought and then just suppressed. You know, mm-hmm. like what they did originally with the electric car for GM. You know what I mean? Yep. They're like, fuck that. Nope. We ain't touching that. Here's how many people. Now, if they if they found, if they were able to use the technology that they apparently have to where they could just use sun for everything and yeah. wind and, and you know, power things with water, how many jobs? I mean, how does that affect everything? Everybody's broke. It's like it's like when, when the internet showed up, we had no idea what to do with this. There was just... You know, the, the you know, sh- music sharing, that was just the smallest problem. Then there's, you know, bank fraud and there's this kind of fraud. And, mm-hmm. and there was always it was it took us forever just to catch up. You know, we've got a decent grip on things now, but it took us 15 years to figure out how to stop people from being pirates. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. so imagine what would happen if they just launched. All right, here's the deal. Here's all the technology. Here's all the stuff. We no longer need oil for anything you know huh? dude i was look I, I they had that segment in the uh in the documentary first off it just kept the, the documentary is amazing because it just keeps it keeps raising the stakes yeah. every step along the way right you know what i mean like a lot of times you you, if you see something on a certain topic it stays in that topic and just sort of you know exposes in that area. but it just kept building and growing it went from fucking a crash in roswell all the way to the segment that blew my mind, the that we have a lost century. Yep. The whole idea of a lost century that essentially they have they have suppressed amazing uh, advances that could completely change our fucking life and just said, no, nah, we're going to stay at yep. this level with yep. these things. And so like they said that the planes that we're flying around in are, are actual dinosaurs. dinosaurs. That blew my fucking mind. It's like, yeah, we have the technology. We can create these things that zoom around and blah, blah, blah. We can use this for energy, and we don't need that anymore. But yet we still keep using it because they won't release it. You know, and I'm like, what the and, fuck, and, dude? Why are we doing and look this? At this. This, this is where you try to explain. This is where this becomes the <laughs> same thing. Oh, gosh, I, I know this isn't a political show, and I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying this is this is why I can't have a discussion with somebody who is a Trumper because facts are irrelevant. Really? They're, they're just because there's just a pivot and that's how it is with UFOs. You're like, okay, like I'll try to explain that SR 71. 
and they'll go, yeah, but the military has stuff. No, if the military had stuff, it would all be like, you know what I mean? They had this particular one thing. And, you know, when you, 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 you look at all the different facts that you can line up for what's happening is people just inevitably don't want to believe it. That's the only possible well, explanation you know, because the technology that's there, the proof that's there, um, it's the most brilliant thing for them is the ability to be able to cover this up for this many years and to make people still people with credit, people with, I mean, high ranking to, to still look at them and go, ah, he fucking went off the deep end. That guy's like, oh, UFO shit. You're like, he's seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I think about that. I, I think about how hard it is to digest. And I think, you know, right before you even made that statement, you you did what I do when we have to deal with stuff that's this overwhelming. It's that, because <sighs> it's, this is a big fucking sandwich to have to swallow, right? All at once. And I think, I mean, you know, you were worried about being political. This is above and beyond way. political. This isn't one party this way, yeah. one party that way. This is a... This is a massive. This is because neither one of either either party doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, we already kind of think that your our politicians are just sort of useless puppets. Well, this that's exactly what they are. They're they may as well just be soap opera actors who are doing a little dance to keep us entertained and distracted from what's actually going yeah. on, right? <laughs> but here's here's what I think about a little bit. So I always try to picture that the imaginary powers are either good or bad, right? And try to I I, I try the hat on both of them and see if yeah. I can explain it. Um, now if they're if it's just a massive military complex fucking conspiracy, uh, uh, like the thing where they said that they could use the technology that they have to fake an alien invasion, yeah. the false flag thing like that, that fucked me up. I because I had never considered yeah. that. I never considered that they'd take what they learned and made fake ones to get us all like that does that fuck me up. Right. But I'm thinking like back at, okay, well maybe, maybe it's a positive. Okay. Maybe it's the thing where they have to, they, uh, uh, finding this stuff or these guys crashing here or showing up is sort of Pandora's yep. box. Right. And if we just sort of embraced it all and use their technology and use their advances and advance our own science and stuff, it's a quantum leap on top of what has already been a fucking yeah. quantum leap. And I think it's too much for our society, not even just our society, our fucking biology to, to, to process yet. I mean, I, I have to remind myself this all the time. My grandmother was born in 1910. Okay. She lived to be 99 wow. years old. She died in 2009. Right. And I always looked at her life and how different it was from the day she was born and the day she died. I mean, when she was born in 1910, people were fucking riding horses. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, there was, there's very little difference uh, between 1910 and fucking 1610 when it comes to yeah technology, to, to advancements, right? And then she went, the, the leap from 1910 to 2009 when she died, which is the modern world with fucking smartphones. We, we we're, we're living and, and traveling all over space and shit. I mean, that is a spike in that has never happened. We were talking 2000 years of fucking dark ages, yep. basically, you know, 
I mean, think about what the Renaissance was. The Renaissance was basically learning how to draw people that looked normal and not just fucking goofy stick figures. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that was a giant leap. You know, I mean, just the the basic creation of, of scientific method was a giant leap. But if you are already on that steep incline of the industrial age, of the electrical age, or whatever you want to call it, and then rocket boost that shit to fuck yeah there's aliens and yeah we can hover yeah we can float yeah we can go light years away in a fucking snap of a finger you can't fucking process it we would fall apart it would it would fuck up the simulation that is our reality people would just short circuit okay and and another thing too like you were talking about like okay well what if they did use all this technology and you no longer need oil and you don't have to go to work and these things will do that like well we'll all be broke because we can't go to work well not necessarily because that shows our conditioning that we think we have to go work 40 to 50, 60 hours a week to, to keep this engine moving. And if we don't do that, we're, we're dead fucking broke. But if you had all that stuff that was replacing things, you wouldn't need to, you wouldn't need, and it would, you would sort of live in a world where the, the basic needs were completely met and you were flourished. Right. So you're spending your time working on, like if you did work, like in the in the traditional sense, it would be using those technologies to make things even better, not just fucking well, not delivering that, pizza. John, Why you would, would you? You would you would just work in the industries to build the stuff that has come along now. You know what I mean? It's like when they go, solar yeah. panels are going to replace this. Yeah, well, people have to build solar panels. People have to do this. I, you know, and, mm-hmm. but what I was going to say earlier, and I kind of lost my train of thought, but is the fact that we now we had the Concorde. Remember the Concorde? break the speed of sound mm-hmm. right oh yeah and uh the fact that we don't have a supersonic passenger jet is absurd the only reason we don't <laughs> is because they don't want it for some reason there's just no way that we don't have a jet that we can put 300 people in and fly at mach 1 or mach 2 there's just nothing stopping right. us from having that not one single thing but for some reason, they don't want it. Either it's a cost issue or it's uh, uh, not wanting to use a certain technology. I mean, so they already had it and then they got rid of it. Yeah. After one crash. Yeah. Remember that? Remember when they had one one Concorde? Yeah. I think blew up and they're like, ah, that's it. They grounded yeah. it and just moved on from it. Yeah, it was weird. I wonder if it is like, that, that's funny to bring up because I never thought about that. What if it's like a, a cost benefit analysis of making them or is it more that it's better for them to have the regular kind of, you know, Boeings and Airbuses that, that go at a conventional speed and, and, and use a lot more fuel. I think that's also probably a big part. They, they, they don't want one plane with twice as many people that goes three times as fast, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, when they can have five planes that burn all the, you know, that, that sort of use the resources right. they need used. But that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. And if you're purposefully holding back innovation, that can't be right. That's like fucking with but evolution. They do that. they do that all in the, the time. wrong that's direction. When they were talking about that uh, suppression of of uh, you know the patents and things like that, you know, inventions that people have come up with. They're you know uh, uh, you know like I said, if you go back to just that electric car. Uh, the GM electric car, when they just came and grabbed all of them. Mm-hmm. And there were a few people, I think Ed Bagley Jr., who was a friend of a friend, you know, his house is all like, you know, self-sustaining. And, and it's 
you know, and it's, and it's, oh, yeah. you know, you can have all these things, man. It's just, you know, and I, I, I talk to people here that, you know, Lexington is a very well, educated. you know, it's one of the most educated cities in the country, like per capita, which, uh, but the, the inability to be able to want to think a certain way or the, the refusing to believe in perhaps a conspiracy, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Or to even want to question things is not because you get on a, a conversation with somebody like that. Like I could be in L.A. And that's one thing I miss about L.A. is we get in L.A. You get in some big conversations. People here hold things a little more close to their best. Um, and you get in conversations like if I bring this up, uh, I know Catherine immediately gets uncomfortable. But I'm just curious as to what people think. And all I ask them is, you know, whether you believe it or not, what if it's there and what if it's all of a sudden they just come out and go this is what happened how is this going to affect and it kind of like it throws people you know um, because i believe they do suppress technology i do believe they suppress you know like like i said there's just no reason we're flying at 600 miles an hour and not at 900 miles an hour you know what i mean yeah and that's just one example of about a thousand different things that could be different no doubt you know what I'm saying? I, uh, dude, it's fucked up. I mean, I, I think people, uh, oh man, it's a, I, I'm going to butcher it and I should have prepared this, but, um, I want to say it's a, a Benjamin Franklin quote. I'm probably wrong, but the people, otherwise intelligent people will, will, uh, will argue against and won't be able to see evidence or data that goes against yes. their livelihood. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, when when people are confronted with things that that go against their interests, they are they 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 it's a dissonance. It's a cognitive dissonance where they just can't fucking process it. And I think people get that way where the when you're benefiting so much from the status quo, when 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 life as it is is in your favor, you're gonna you're di- it's natural. I'm not even mad at people. It's just fucking nature. That you're going to be against things that that, that fucking upset that because you don't yeah, want you that. Don't. You know what I mean? I mean, like like uh, the 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 feudal system, uh, right? Like you go back to the the aid the days of lords and ladies and and dukes and whatnot, where they where they were actually controlled. You know, if you try to tell them that that's that that's a bad idea and this isn't going to work and it's a horrible system of government, they're going to be like, "Fuck you! It's great. I love it. Look at me. I'm sitting here. I'm I got flagons of wine. I'm eating a goat. Yeah, I'm here with my buddies. Yep." Fuck yeah, this is awesome. You know, even though you, if they're fucking being intelligent, you know, intellectually honest, they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This is everyone losing shit. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Along those lines, there's the Mark Twain quote too: "No amount of evidence will ever persuade an idiot." You know what I mean? But to, yeah. to go more along your point is, if they release a lot of these technologies and it changes the dynamic of the world, there's one thing that rich people always want to be: rich. And if you change things, you take the Rockefellers and throw them on their ass. You know what I mean? You take, uh, you know, uh, uh, you take, uh, you know, Van, uh, what, is, what do you call it? Vanderbilt? Throw him as, on his ass, yeah. right? The train trains will be obsolete. They'll be like Elon Musk will be doing his thing, and you know what I mean. So it's like all these powers that be get together and say, "No, we can't do that. It'll upset everything." You know, it's like. I had a friend of mine say uh, to me the other, he goes, I don't, I don't understand, you know, what, what this war on billionaires is. I don't think it's a war on billionaires. <laughs> I think it's just absurd. 
when the richest family in America, the people in their company don't have health insurance. So you need to be billionaires, you know, a hundred times over and your employees who are just trying to make a living and get by, you can't get them health insurance. That's why there's a war on billionaires. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because they got they got too greedy. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like the old uh, embezzler idea. If you're gonna embezzle, you, you, there's a certain amount you can you can you can embezzle and continuously get away with. Yeah, but you just get a little bit too much, and they notice. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, like okay, now that's now that feels like theft. Okay, now we have to bust you for this. So they just got they went they went too far. Yep. Yeah, I mean they they didn't take care of the uh, of the working herd enough. And, and tell me if you've noticed this. This is something I've always noticed in in people of wealth, of people of means. They, you're right. They absolutely like being rich. They, and, and who wouldn't, right? It's a it's a dream, right? That's why people buy Powerball tickets. That's right. Want to be instantly instantly rich. But what is amazing to me is that they, if you could come up with a an envisioned world where like I'm not going to take away your money. I'm not going to take away your status, but I'm going to but but everyone in the world is at the same level. They don't like that. No. They like they like that it that they're they to them their rich their richness only feels rich because there's so many poor below them. Right. If the entire world was at an upper middle class level, they would no longer be special, unique. They wouldn't have the exclusive things. They wouldn't have the you know what I'm saying? So there's like a little bit of, and to me, that's like a, that's a little bit of an original sin that makes them shitty and in on it. Yeah. Well, well, what makes it, what that makes them complicit in the, you know, money is one thing, but power is inevitably the biggest addiction to that money. Yeah. Well, you think about it. it it's like, uh, uh, a, 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 uh, what's it called? A lever is only useful if it's used. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's same thing. Like if that it's nice to be rich and have money and be, but if everyone had it, then you don't have the power that comes with it. So now you're just like everyone else. Yeah. It's even if everyone was raised to a certain level, even to a, a very successful level. Yep. I, now you're you're with the herd. Yeah, I had an acting coach that used to say, you know, when you know when people get real dramatic and you know and and you know and if you ever taken an acting class or anything, she'd say, if everything's a diamond, nothing's a diamond. That's what she used to say. And it was, it always stuck. And I always make fun of it, but it is what it is. When people are always acting dramatic, you know what I mean? That you're like, oh, that, that's just drama. You know what I mean? It's like nothing changes there. And I, I just think that, you, you know, you, you have that kind of power, that kind of money, and you want to hold on to it. And uh, you'll do anything to do it. And that's where people that are super rich, do nefarious things that end up in prison. But it's okay because when you get a little orange man that comes into office, they just let you out of prison as long as you, as long <laughs> as you contribute to their campaign the next time around. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, even, yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. But you don't even have to be this administration. Anybody with money goes to prison. They don't go to no. prison prison. They're not going to fucking sing sing getting pounded yeah. in the ass. They're going to they're going to club yep. fed, you know what I mean, and, and living the high life. And oh, but, but think of the damage they took to their reputation. Oh, okay, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> they're still rich it's though, still right? Rich. It, <laughs> they'll get the, and, it, and it's a crazy thing. They'll get out of this in three. Yeah, years. it's a crazy thing too because there were people when the, when the economy crashed, and there were people who were billionaires that were still billionaires or still super wealthy, 
that killed themselves because they were like, you know, I, they felt like a fool or they felt, I mean, it was just, it's unbelievable what this money does to people. I, I've seen people get, you know, you and you have too. We've been around this business for a long time. Seen people get all that money and watch them change. Oh man, that's got to be tough. That's a more money, more problems. I believe is the as uh, the, the sage yes. once said. Well, hey, let's let's take a quick break here, Scott. I got to digest this shit for a second. And uh, we've been talking about the documentary Unacknowledged. It's all about UFOs, Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, and he's got, an, uh, I guess, a second one coming out. Was it Close Encounters? Something about the Close Encounters of the Fifth really? Kind. I don't know if you've no, seen that. Not. Yeah, my buddy Brad my buddy Brad Brumley's got an excellent uh, podcast called The Coffee Buzz. And uh, he's got a new episode that's all about it. So I'm about to, a- after this is over, I'm going to listen to that. because this, And the premise there is that you don't need a government, you don't need whatever to contact aliens that it, it's going to be on a cellular level that you personally Whoa. can have contact. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm looking forward to, to reading it and hearing about it. Um, and, and I love that in the unacknowledged documentary, because there I was, you know, you, you know, when you're watching something and you kind of press pause to see how much is left. Yep. Right. It's, it's in there. It's blowing my fucking mind. And then I, I press pause and I see that there's like 20 more minutes. I'm like, holy shit, where are they going to go with yeah. 20 more yeah. fucking minutes? We're already we're already at we're being con- fucking controlled and there's nothing you can do about it. And I like that it's, it's big crescendo as the only thing that's going to help is revolution. So take to the streets. Bye. I'm like, oh, OK, well, fuck, I guess I need to get ready to riot. That's <laughs> Let me go get a vest. Something. Even if yeah, it's just I, a I, puffy vest. Where do I? I mean, I mean. <laughs> exactly it was crazy well let's take a little bit of break scott and uh we'll, we'll switch it up a little bit i don't think we're going to be able to solve the ufo no. problem today but it was a it was a good watch and you were absolutely right and thanks for turning me and the listeners uh, on to watching unacknowledged it was great but when we come back i want to ask you we'll, we'll lighten it up a little bit and just ask you about uh uh regular doomsday okay. scenarios without uh without the shadow government and and aliens. it'll be a lot of fun we'll be right back with more scott henry in just a second Welcome back to the After Later podcast. I'm John Wesley. Joining me today is my damn good friend, very, very funny guy, and the original sponsor of the After Later podcast, Mr. Scott Henry. Hey, 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 I'm back. Now, you got to look up, Scott. I know we, we have been talking like a couple of conspiracy nuts. We're, you know, we're tinfoil hat guys. You know, if you listen to us, we're like, whoa, we're, we're out there. Uh, but let's be honest. Uh, Scott, you are an extremely talented performer. Uh, you're a very, very funny guy. Um, you've been the the voiceover on on a lot of cool things that people would be surprised if they knew it was you, you know. So you you've got a, a damn good history in the entertainment business. You know, you you lived in L.A. were quite successful out there for a while. Uh, we worked together on a on a ship not too long ago. One of the the last ships that was out, yeah. honestly. Uh, and now we're living in this crazy uh, plague pandemic world where everything's changed uh entertainment business is completely fucked and who knows how yep. that's going to come back i mean what do we do now scott what are we supposed to listen do? first of all on that last ship that we did you and i both now that we've had some time to process this and we we mentioned it to each other in passing but the guy that was our yeah. production manager had coronavirus there was just no he had it had yeah, to we were be in right? new orleans all right that's where a big spot was. We're, and he's like, yeah, I have this weird, like, respiratory thing that, you know, he talked all monotone, you remember? 
Yeah, that's weird. Like respiratory yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. That nobody could figure out what it was. And I was like, am I having pneumonia? No, because I'm, you know, still feeling like this, but I'm totally exhausted. And I can't breathe, you know. And so uh, they gave him something and he had started getting better. I'm dying to want to talk to Greg and go, what did they give you? And do you think you yeah. had the Rona? Yeah, no shit. Because they were, uh, it was going around the ship. And they're like, "Oh no, no, it's not the diarrhea. It's not the norovirus. It's a, it, it's a respiratory yeah. thing, right?" And it, I, I fully fucking believe that it, it was the wrong dude. Did you get? I like when I came home. I, I gotta say, I, I didn't feel. I had like a little bit of a respiratory thing too that didn't feel all the way normal. Right, it wouldn't like something. I, I, I kind of just said, "Wow, this must be just like a really strong cold." Really, right? And but my my oldest daughter, she she got same thing. It was upper respiratory. Uh, she was feeling like shit for probably about a week, <clears throat> and then I didn't about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, the the whole corona thing just explodes and goes all over the place. And then it was even after that, like when I talked to you about, it, I'm like, "Dude, I think it was the fucking corona. It had yeah. to have been." It had to have been because they were on because they were cleaning shit up with at a high alert. They're like, we've got they they were up all night cleaning stuff and, yeah. and fighting it and yep. and we were smart. We just sort of hid and I fucking I washed the shit out of my hands and you know I was doing everything I could to not not fucking catch anything. I'm always definitely afraid when I'm working on cruise ships that I'm going to catch something anyway. So right. I'm already in cruise ship mode. I'm not fucking walking down the aisle or the halls, just sort of, you know, touching all the, you know, la, no. la, la, touching everything. I'm not licking doorknobs, that kind of stuff. I'm fucking no. real careful about touching shit anyway. Yeah. That, yeah. Was the, that was an extra level high alert. So I'm wondering, dude, I mean, let's just may as well talk about it right now. The cruise ships, they're not I mean, conservatively. And I don't think it's going to realistically happen, but they're talking about all the way until August. Like they're not going to open up until August. And, and and uh, like Carnival, right? They come out and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to start these three different ports. We're going to start up in August." And they have a thing out. They, they, you know, they they made like a press release and posted it. And I don't know about your experience, but everything I saw, everyone's uh, response to that was almost uniformly, "Fuck that! No one's doing that shit." Right? So it was like consumer just said, "Nope." <laughs> How long is it going to be till they can open up with confidence and actually have consumer confidence that fills those fucking? Yeah, it's. I I don't know how they. I mean, they're petri dishes. It's true, you know. And uh, I I I I just think that uh, I think it's just they're going to have to wait and they're going to have to do it. And two, I think your original question is: was it? To how are you going to survive, or how are you, and where do you think it's headed? Is that yeah, what yeah? Like what? Are, well, first of all, this is let's just start as as entertainers, as comics, as doing what we do for a living. What the? Fu- how are we gonna? How are we gonna do it? How are we gonna stay in the game for the next year or two? I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely it's scary. I mean, if I'm 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 at the stage in my career where I sort of have decided that all right. I'm leaving t- Los Angeles and I'm moving to Lexington to raise my family. And I'm going to, I was going to do, you know, 10 ships a year just to make whatever amount of money I needed, come back here, do some clubs and try and do local television and, uh, and have, you know, do some things like that or do, you know, find something to do where I can stay home and raise my child. Yeah. If I was 20 years ago or 15 years ago, 
I don't know what the hell I would do. I see friends of mine that, you know, comics live paycheck to paycheck for the most part. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. If I didn't have a wife that worked and, um, and you know, uh, I get some residuals and things like that coming in from different things, but it's, it's just insanity. I can't imagine where this business is going to go. It's at least from a, it's a standup perspective. Our whole thing is live performance, right? The whole thing is live performance. Where do we go to be able to, you can't, you can do this virtual comedy and do all this kind of stuff, but you, it's not the you same. need people. It's, it's, it's our, it's our healing that we do. I think that's why comics can live so unhealthily and live a long time <laughs> because first of all, we can get a lot of sleep. And second of all, we're, we're around this great energy yeah. every single time we do a show, you know what I mean? And we're just not getting that. None of our society is getting that. And I think that everybody's watching drama on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Nobody's watching any fucking comedy. They're just not. I mean, most people, if you listen to what people are talking about, they're talking about, uh, uh, what do you call it? Ozark and, and yeah. you know, all these where people are just constantly getting killed and murdered and and you <laughs> yeah. know, dying of cancer. I mean, I'm watching Ricky Gervais show now, Afterlife, which is amazing. But, you know, his wife dies of cancer. I mean, it's like everybody's dying. Nobody, you can't make comedy. How are you going to make comedy? Well, you definitely right can't now? make lighthearted, cutesy comedy. You know what no. I mean? Yeah, your comedies that are succeeding and and uh, stuff like that now have a dark edge to them. You know, I mean, it's and I guess it's, it's more realistic. Yeah, no one wants to see cutesy Laverne and Shirley kind of shit right now. Or or maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's what will come soon. At some point, there'll be an escapist sort of movement that'll be like, "Fuck it, all right, real life is too fucked up. I I need I need silliness. I need." I need, yeah. you know, maybe that's what's coming. I mean, what seems odd to me, I mean, we're all having to adapt to different digital stuff, just, and, we, and no one knows exactly what's going to work yet. I mean, it's the fucking wild, wild west right now as far as comedy entertainment's going. But, like... Um, what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like a, a an Oklahoma land rush. You know, I mean, everything yeah. got changed all at once. Everything was canceled all at once, so... You know, I mean, you, you could have been guys like us who are working ships, working clubs, things like that. Everyone lost all their work all at the same spot. So it's a great yep. equalizer. Everyone got thrown back down to the zero level. So now everyone's, you know, rushing to try to fill in that gap because, and, and what makes me think about that is that, is that there's still the demand. The demand is there. So the rule of supply and demand is fucked because the demand is still, there's still, Millions of people who crave entertainment, who want to do it, they're just, we're not allowed to do it for, our, you know, and it's, it would be unwise to go group in comedy clubs of 300 people and do a fucking show right now. I mean, the, yes, of course. So, so obviously, but it's like, so, but the, so there's the, the want is still there. The drive is, is still there. The demand is, is still out there, but how do we get it to them? How do we get it to them in a way that's going to be sustainable? That's going to be, um, at, at the same quality, no one knows yet. No one has figured out the the magic formula yet. You know what I'm saying? And well, this is the thing: is even even if ships go, one of the last things they're gonna they how are we gonna do these shows? Put 800 people in a freaking theater? No, no. You know how to do that? And the other thing is, is activities like singing, laughing, um, shouting. 
<laughs> These are all activities that exacerbate the 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 virus. Yeah. Because- what about dancing? You know, go to a dance club and just sort of everyone just rubs the virus all over each other. <laughs> yeah. I and, mean, and you're breathing heavy, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's depressing as fuck. Good. You sort of, the more you dig at it and you look at it, you're like, oh my God, this is a motherfucking train wreck. <laughs> I can tell you one, I can, I can tell you one business that's probably thriving. I don't know because I don't, I'm, I'm not single and I don't do this, but web girls. Oh, they're killing it. I mean, and, and you know what? They were already they were already prepared for it. Those girls were like, I, I I admire the hustle. I talked about this on an earlier podcast. Those the the webcam girl business. First off, yeah. they they've got a work ethic you would not believe. Yeah, they roll out of bed, put a camera between their legs, and just fucking grind all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Was there horrible news uh, today? Oh, fuck it. You want to see my butthole? Yeah. Give me 30 bucks and someone will do it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. like yeah. you know, and I, I always laugh when I'm like on Twitter or, or Instagram, any of that stuff. You know, if there's like a massive tragedy, a huge news story, right? It breaks and it's all over. It's all anyone's talking about, right? And you just see, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Oh, life will never be the same again. And then boom, there's the webcam girl going, I fucked a pizza guy. Here's the video. Yeah. They'll even have, they'll, it, it's like, oh, this must just, this is just an automatically posted thing. But nope, nope. She put the hashtag of, you know, uh, she put Boston Strong on there. So evidently she's paying attention. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, so we got to find the comedy version of the, uh, of the webcam, right? Yeah. No, well, it's funny. You got to go like certain comedy. What kind of what kind of comedy you want? Because that's what they specialize in. They're like, okay, this is what you know. This is what's brilliant about them is that they, you know, if a guy calls and and he's like, all right, this is what I want. Okay, this is what you get. Or she, you know, she probably has a, a day. Okay, Tuesdays S and M day. Wednesdays mm-hmm. are this and you know what I mean. If you want special treatment, then it's going to be you know hundred dollars an hour, or whatever, whatever the hell it is. It's but that's the only kind of entertainment that that was built for the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, we got to find out how we're going to do it with comedy. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's uh, let's get to the, the to the, the final questions here, Scott. I'm sure as the patron of the show, you know what I do here at the end. Yes. I got two kind of uh, passing questions because we live in the age of the Rona. Uh, let's say that things get worse and we find ourselves in just a complete Great Depression, which. You know, I started saying it that way, you know, three, four weeks ago. And now it's kind of, okay, let's just imagine it's right now. And there's yeah. a, we're in a fucking Great Depression. There's no longer such a thing as comedy, right? So that, just take that out of your head. What would you do if you had to change your career right now to something? What, what would you do if, if comedy no longer existed? Oh, boy. Well, I think like if you were talking about whether it was uh, you're talking about like zombie or, or, or Mad Max. Well, or... not yet. Not yet. We haven't got to that one yet. This is just okay. the mild society is still in, in together. You know, what I mean, there's still regular life. The lights come on, <laughs> you know, grocery store to build exist. furniture, you know, build furniture. OK, I didn't know you were yeah, a, a furniture build furniture. build furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, grew up in the house with a machinist. I was a machinist for a few years and then. Uh, you know, grew up with, uh, you know, a, a wood shop in our basement. And, uh, and so I did that and, you know, but, but then there was like a major gap. And then in 2009 or something, 2010, 
when I was out of work because of the economy. Uh, uh, and Catherine had said, you know, our house could use a remodel. And I have, I was drunk and I was like, I can do that. And then turns out I, I could. And so I did all that and I was like, Oh gosh, I forgot about this. And it gave me a real sense of, of pride and, and took me out of all the, you know, cause you know, business was good back right before that market that crashed and yeah. then it wasn't. And, you know, as a comic, I don't know if people know this comic or entertainers, you know, so much of your self-worth is like in Joan Rivers put in her documentary, she goes, you know, it's terrifying. And then she opens her cat, she opens her calendar and there was a month that had no work in it. And she's like, that's terrifying for a performer. Absolutely. And that's where I was. So I would, I would just, and, and I'm, I would be a carpenter or, or a mechanic. Cause right now I'm on my car. I'm about to pull the tires and rims off of the car. I'm going to uh, refurbish and paint the the rims a different color and and do my uh, brake calipers a different color because I need a project. I'm going freaking bonkers. So to me, building something for me is a com- it's just com- it completely changes my mental state. And I think that's great for a for a for the better for sure. I've built Absolutely. a bunch of furniture for our for our house and stuff like that uh, in the past after that. And, and now it's working with your hands, taking something and, and, and having something to show for it is very satisfying. So that's probably what I do. Dude, that is, uh, that is great. It's nothing feels better than being useful and being able to, to, to make something. And that's a great, that's a, that's absolutely great. I'm glad you got that. And I can't tell you how many comics I know that can't do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that are just complete fucking useless as far as anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as being able to fix anything, they, I mean, yeah. nothing. I mean, I've, I've, I've been kind of a tinkerer my whole life. You know what I mean? I can fuck with things and, and I'm, I try to, I try to, I try to keep my mind open to learn more things. So if like, if, if I live near you, Sure, we'd hang out and we'd play golf and we'd talk about comedy, but uh, I would also be like, hey, I want to see this machine shop. I want to go to the wood shop and I want to learn some of that shit too because yeah. to me, being able to just activate learning mode in something that's outside of my milieu is, it it, it, it changes your brain chemistry. It changes yeah. your, your blood pressure, just everything. You, your serotonin kicks up. Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, now, I'm wondering... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was telling you, because we haven't really used our sitter in a long time, our sitter, nanny, whatever, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I told I told I told Kat, I said, because of, you know, the Rona and everything and being around somebody else. But she's very conscientious and, and all this other kind of stuff. And I told her, I said, I want to do this project. And I said, and I want to be able to I want, you know, Malia to come and take care of Kenna for a few days while I while I do this. And she's like, well, it's going to, you know, cost this. And we have that. I go, listen. My mental state is at stake here. You know, I need to check out and go do something because for us, we get to go out on that cruise ship, dude, for two weeks and do nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right. You know what I mean? But have a few pops at night, get a workout mm-hmm. in during the day, get some sleep, do some yeah. writing, and do some shows that make us feel good about ourselves. And right now, none of us got that shit, and we all got issues. So, hey, that is absolute fucking truth, dude. I mean, yeah, that's that's a can of worms right there. And I, I, I am nervous and and 
scared about how, uh, not just myself, how I'm going to handle that. Cause I'll, I'll be okay. I mean, I got family. I'll, I'll do something until this comes back or whatever, but I'm worried about so many. I know that man are going to either, I'm, I'm worried about people's self-health. Okay. That's a nice way to yes. put it. I'm worried about a lot of comics out there keeping their shit together. Never mind quitting the business or anything, that kind of stuff. Cause that the business quit us for fuck's sake. Yeah. But I'm worried about people, you know, I'm worried about their health and their livelihood. Now let's jump to the final question here. Cause I know you got a busy day ahead of you. I don't yeah. want to keep your phone. Yeah. You got to do, yeah. <laughs> but let's, let's take it to the next level. Let's talk about, all right, let's say you know, you're, you're building furniture you're surviving the Great Depression, and then it goes even fucking crazier. Let's say we have a complete societal collapse, Walking Dead, Mad Max style, like you said. You find yourself at the fortified gates of the local warlord. What job do you bring to that society? What could you do that would ingratiate yourself to the warlord and help you rise in the ranks of his, of his horde? Now I can go two directions on that. Um, okay. I can go... I could go back to my base, which is what I just told you is all those machines you got out there. I can fix that shit. Yeah. And you know how to use them. That's- and I know how to use them and I can, you know, I can, uh, and I'm, and I'm, you know what I mean? It's that. And, or if there's, is there room for a comedian? Uh, like that? What did they have the, the court gesture? I mean, is there, Oh yeah. what do you need me to do other than, like go into battles that's not my strength (laughs) well all right i've had several people try to go with the court jester right uh, angle and i look at myself as a post-apocalyptic guidance counselor here okay okay now uh other people that tried to be a court jester they didn't really that's never going to be a full-time job in in the uh, warlord society right you know what i'm saying you're gonna have to be a, a prostitute and a court jester Oof. Right. Or you have to be a, a, a farmer who is funny. Right. That kind of stuff. Right. But I think if you go in strong as a machinist where yeah. you're actually being able to work metal and make tools to make weapons, to make siege weapons, to, to fix walls, you are now a man of high importance. Yes. OK. You you are extremely important and you should be real stingy about teaching others to replace you. Damn right. Right. You know what I mean? You're not just getting all sloppy teaching rando fuckheads how to use the lathe and how to weld right. unless you know that they're not going to just fucking, all right, I got it, axe this guy in yeah. half now, right? So you got to, so that is going to be, it's a very important position. You're going to get lots of, uh, lots of respect, lots of, uh, 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 what do you call it? You're going to get benefits, right? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have the nice bed. You're going to have maybe two or three wives. Yep. You know, you're going you're gonna to be living high on the hog. Now, if you also add to that that you're funny around the campfire, mm-hmm. and you're obviously going to have a hot crowd that's going to be excited to laugh at what you offer because you are clearly an important person. Yep. So then, then, then you're, you're getting to do cool guy comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're just the rando fucko who, you know, is out there telling jokes and stuff and it goes poorly, they'll, they'll just fucking axe your head off. You know, you got to think about the... The, the temperament of the of the warlord when it comes to crack and wise. My thanks again to my guest today, Scott Henry, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Henry. <laughs> I felt silly doing that, but that was a fun chat, man. We uh, we got a little weird there. We may have been a little bit all over the map. Um, but uh, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, right? We're exploring. 
We're explorers. <laughs> we explore the universe of bullshit. That's what comics do, as we're supposed to do. But I do like his uh, his chances as a machinist and a furniture maker. I mean, I would say, other than uh, my paramilitary friends who I've had on the show so far, probably the most practically prepared uh, person for a post-apocalyptic uh, warlord environment. So, yeah, good job, Scott. Good job. I hope uh, if that shit hits the fan, I can uh, spend some time and learn on the lathe and stuff from you figure out if I can fake that skill too. <laughs> that was cool. Hey, we got a great week of shows lined up for you. Uh, tomorrow, we're going back to back Scott's. My buddy Scott White, Houston Comics, is going to be on. Uh, Wednesday, a real special treat. One of my favorite people. Uh, someone who I think is probably the funniest person I've ever met. And uh, I love watching her work. Her sense of humor is is fucking pitch perfect in my opinion. And uh, uh, it's my pleasure to bring Sarah Talamash to the show on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday are still coming together, but more than likely at some point I'm going to have uh, Tony Casillas and Parker Slavin of the Before and After podcast. Uh, they're comics out of Dallas and uh, they're roommates and they're kind of quarantining together and uh, podcasting from it. I'm going to be a guest on their show, I think, on Wednesday. So then I'm going to uh, have both of them on uh, one episode, and but interview them separately and ask questions and we'll compare them and see how well they know each other or what they really think. It'll be a lot of fun. Or it won't be. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, we'll figure it out how it goes. Uh, reminder, Thursday, uh, is the uh, second weekend of the Coast to Coast Roast. Go to heliumpresents.com to buy tickets and help support me on Team Houston. That would be super cool of you. Always looking for more guests here on the After Later podcast, our ever-expanding search for interesting and unique people. Hit me up on Twitter if you'd like to be on the show, at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. The show's uh, Twitter is After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. The show's Facebook page, if you're on the Facebook, the Facebook is after later podcast. My comedy uh, fan page is John Wessling official. My album still out there. It's called warm at first. It's out on 800 pound gorilla records. You can buy that or you can stream it just about everywhere that you get your digital music and digital comedy content. Uh, sure would appreciate it. Once again, you guys have been super cool. Uh, it's been a fun Monday episode. Hope you have a great week. Keep your shit cool. That's pretty much all you can do. Take this one day at a time. And I look forward to entertaining you again tomorrow. And I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is After Later. I'm your host, John Wessling. Bye. Everybody say bye. I got one in the back. That's good. <laughs>